In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Border, the Beyond Borders, and I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today's episode, we are stretching continents. Our guest today, I'm I'm calling in from Germany, and our one guest is from Estonia, and the other one is from California. Now, for broadcasts like this, um, calling in across continents and and dealing with customers over continents is is quite normal, but. It wasn't normal for small and medium businesses. And since the pandemic, one of the things that's happened is that small and medium businesses are becoming more aware of the possibilities online. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode today. But Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on org organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. And this series is heard by listeners all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And please download this series. We are on every major podcast platform from iTunes to Google Google Play to Stitcher to Spotify, and we're live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week, and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. When foot traffic stopped in March 2020, small and medium businesses had to become more digital. Now, even though most local business had some kind of presence on the web and knew that presence was important, they seldom understood that a poor presence is almost like having no presence at all. And with the pandemic, they found out having a presence was the only way they could survive. For the first time, they also understood that they needed to focus on the customer experience and engagement because it was the only way they could engage with their customers when their doors were closed. And this is why CINDA, the Search and Information Industry Association of Europe, a nonprofit association, coupled up with Duda, a professional website builder for agencies and SaaS companies, along with Insights, who did the research to do some market research to find out what exactly small and businesses, small and medium businesses were doing before the pandemic and after the pandemic. And our guests today are experts in these areas. Our first guest is Paul Wood from Insights. And Paul has been in local search business for nearly 30 years and is an expert in strategic planning, product development, and go-to-market strategies. His experience covers multiple executive roles across Europe and North America in sales and marketing for large and small digital agencies. He is currently the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Insights. And Insights is a web intelligence company helping market 
agencies, local search companies, newspapers, telcos, and many others sell digital solutions more effectively to small and medium businesses. Its award-winning solutions scale from sales agents creating individual online present profiles to bulk profiling markets with hundreds of thousands of businesses. The platform is effortless to customize and makes onboarding and training quick and efficient. And our second guest today is Itai Sadan, and he is co-founder and CEO of Duda, the professional website builder for digital agencies and SaaS companies. Under Itai's leadership, Duda rapidly expanded its professional website builder product suite with an emphasis on empowering web professionals with cutting-edge tools to help them create beautiful conversion-driving websites at scale. Over 1 million sites have been published on the Duda platform by over 17,000 web professionals. Duda's mission is to make web design quick, easy, scalable, and painless. It's the leading web design platform for web professionals, agencies, and SaaS platforms who serve SMBs. Since launching in 2010, one million sites have been published on the white-labeled Duda platform with over 17,000 web professionals. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Thank you, Camille. Glad to join. So um, let's just start on the on the study, okay? Um, so I'll start with you, Paul. This is the fourth study that you have done um, with Cinda on looking at what SMBs are doing across Europe. Could you tell us a little bit about the study and the methodology? Sure. Um, we all know SMEs are the lifeblood of most of the world's economy, uh, and the importance of digitization is just growing and growing. And so, along with Cinda, we wanted to know where the SMBs are standing. You know, it's easy to read the news and see that everything is digital, but we've seen over the course of four years that we've been doing these studies, uh, that the digital progress is is uneven, uh, and that's sort of being polite. Um, Some of you know what they're doing, and some of them don't, um, or just haven't got around to doing it yet. So uh, over the last four years, we, we, we've changed methodology deliberately around 2020. But basically, um, in, the, in the important studies are in the 2020 and the 2021, where we took 30,000 SMBs across 12 countries. And we actually looked at five different sectors within there. So we had trades, professional services, retail shopping, hospitality, health, and then one we called fitness, beauty, and salons. Um, And we did that in 2020, and then we took those same companies again in 2021 to see if there had been any change specifically about these countries. Uh, We did find um, that there was uh, a a significant change between 19 and 20, as you can imagine, and I know we'll get into the results of the 21 study and how they compare. but you know, we use our we use our proprietary spidering technique to go and look at these uh, more than just the website build quality, but also looking at some of the SEO factors in there. Um, we've added some new tests on core web vitals, accessibility, and uh, GDPR, which is a big issue in Europe, as you know. Mm-hmm. And and Itai, question for you as um, one of the, one of the biggest and professional website builders. What did you see? Before the pandemic, I mean, everybody assumes that every SMB has a website. You have a million on your platform. Um, 
do you think, you know, what do you think the penetration was of SMBs having and before the pandemic having some kind of, I would say, decent web presence? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the, you know, the, there's numbers uh, that have been shared all, uh, all over the web and they show uh, different stats. I don't think anybody thought that 100% of SMBs were, you know, were on the web. Um, you know, stats were anywhere between, I've seen like 50 to 80%. Um, but what I think really changed with uh, with the pandemic is, you know, finally all, you know, let's call it the 50% who didn't have websites, a big portion of them uh, understood that they absolutely must have, right? The moment that foot traffic uh, stopped uh, getting to their stores uh, and we were all in quarantine, their only way to engage and interact with their clients was uh, through the web. So it was an absolute must. And, and that brought a huge wave of, uh, of, of websites or SMBs uh, digitizing for the first time. I'd, I'd also add that it's not just uh, SMBs who were completely off the web. I think a lot of small businesses that had some web presence understood that they would need to focus much more on engagement and transaction on their website. So adding different components like e-commerce, subscriptions, memberships, um, you know, if you're a yoga studio, uh, maybe a Zoom, a Zoom widget to do kind of video, uh, video of the course uh, online. So uh, I think that also brought a lot of redesign and uh, re- rethinking uh, the existing uh, websites amongst the SMBs. Yeah, I think uh, if I could, if I could just add to that, Kimberly. Sorry, it, one of the things is I think a lot of businesses um, would use Facebook or would or would do maybe an Amazon store, and they wouldn't necessarily they would neglect their own personal property, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, they would they would build their business, especially some of the micro enterprises and stuff like that. Um, were doing that as well, so it was it was more dispersed I think and I saw the same stats Itai did about you know 50 to 80 percent and nobody really knows the true number I don't think. <laughs> so so Paul just staying on that what what were some of the results you saw coming out of the test the um, market research between 19 and 20 or before the pandemic and after the pandemic? Yeah I mean it, it, it's actually pretty fascinating to me that um, we do an overall score uh, and in 19, the score was around 51 average uh, based on a variety of factors, and we, we put the weight against it. In 20, the score went up from 51 to 61, which is about a 20% increase uh, previously. And we also saw that many of the bi- sorry, many of the businesses were um, engaged, much more engaged. The overall quality of the website, just certain fundamentals like mobile optimization, having uh, analytics, having a sitemap, and SSLs jump significantly. Mm-hmm. And what, in between 20 and 21, what did you see? Uh, actually, this is probably the most surprising. Um, not much has changed mm-hmm. from the 20 study. Uh, and as somebody said at the Cinder conference when I was presenting this, they said, I'm the only guy who can talk for 20 minutes that nothing's changed. <laughs> um, so uh, um, it was it was actually very, sh- very shocking because the, the idea of this quantum leap 
from 19 to 20 and advancing the digitization of businesses, advancing it by five to 10 years, seems to have, have sort of fizzled in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we never expect perfection, but we, on some of these numbers, we would have expected them to keep increasing at, at 10, 15, 20% mm-hmm. over what they were in 20. And, and Itai, do you have any comment on that? Because I mean, as a, as you know, dealing with a, a million websites, do you think, you know, it was it was just that okay, we have to do this now, and then the SMBs or the agencies got overwhelmed. What do you, do you any? Would you have any theories around why there was a big jump and then there was a? Yeah, I think you know, I think uh, the. It, the big jump happened in 2020, and a lot uh, made their redesign, made the changes. Uh, and you know, 2021, uh, we, you know, probably a, a lot of those uh, websites were already kind of fitting, or you know, and uh, people got back to doing what they're what they're usually doing. So uh, it was a peak. You know, we saw a lot a lot of that happening in 2020, and kind of 2021 feels. Uh, I think a lot. I agree with Paul. Kind of back, more back to usual, and uh, relying on on those changes that were done in 2020, going mm-hmm. forward. And do you think it's because actually in 2021 we did start the foot traffic again? Um, it wasn't a complete lockdown. So do you think the SMBs said, okay? Uh, this is a new channel for me, but I'm going to go back to focusing with my old channel of, of you know, foot traffic. You know, I think SMBs, uh, they're running their own business, right? It yeah. was a matter, 2020 was a matter of existence. They mm-hmm. needed to do that in order to survive. And they're, if they're still around in 2021, that's, uh, I feel like they've, you know, they've gone back to focus on what, you know, what they should be focused on, which is running their business. Paul comment. No, I, I think that's very that's very true. And and you know we have to we have to distinguish between people who worked with professional agencies um, and people like the Duda platform versus people who are building their own WordPress sites or using other people. So you're going to see some some action, um, maybe a one off from people. And when they have a support agency that's really doing and working with them, um, you'll see some continual growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a short break now, and when we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit more in detail on some of the actual results that you saw. And for our listeners, we are talking with Paul Wood, and Paul has been a local search business for over thirty years with strategic planning, product development, and go-to-market strategies. His experience is multiple executive roles in both Europe and North America, and he is currently the vice president of sales and marketing at Insights. And Itai Sander is the co-founder and CEO of Duda, a professional website builder for digital companies, for digital agencies, and SaaS companies. Now, if you'd like to reach out to these gentlemen, you can go to the Duda website, which is www.duda.co, and on LinkedIn under Duda, and on Twitter and Facebook under Duda, and Itai, you can find on LinkedIn. Paul, you can go to Paul on LinkedIn under Paul and Wood, and Insights is on www.insights.com, and on LinkedIn it's under Get Insights, and on LinkedIn and on 
Facebook and Twitter under Insights. So with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's Business Channel. And today we're, we're talking about the shift in digital um, with small and medium businesses across Europe. Although sometimes these trends may look quite similar in the United States and other continents. We're talking with Paul Woods, who is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Insights. And we're talking with Itai Sander, who is the co-founder and CEO of Duda. And both gentlemen have meant a lot of experience in what's going on in digital. So we were talking before the break about um, kind of the 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 big jump as we all jump forward from 2020 to 21 to 2021 and then how things are have stabilized so that small SMBs can focus on their businesses again but that doesn't mean that the presence when i'm looking at the the statistics from the Cinda Duda study um, that doesn't mean that they're all doing that correctly. And one of the statistics that we've seen is is only about 10% of the SMBs out there, this is from the Cinda study, are are passing core web vitals. Um, Paul, I'll start with you on what that means and what you're seeing. 
Yeah, I mean, I think most people are familiar with Core Web Vitals now. It's the sort of latest ranking factor that uh, it's, it's technically Core Web Vitals and the user experience uh, from Google. And we did we did see ten percent pass rate, passing on all three tests because it's actually made up of three tests: visual stability, input delay, and loading speed. Um, the the businesses in our study passed visual stability at about a seventy percent rate but they failed miserably on loading speed and, and input delay. And um, this is this is a difficult one because it is a ranking factor now, although we're not sure how much weight it's being given. But SMBs can't control some of the issues around loading speed and input delay. It's more of a platform side um, issue. Um, and I know that there's been a lot of work done by Duda and others to to improve those. Um, I, I think it. I can can comment on that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we um, we're on Duda itself. We're actually uh, we we measure that, and we've worked a lot to improve uh, core vitals. It's uh, very important. Uh, and today we we see that fifty five percent of uh, sites on Duda score uh, uh, on core vitals, uh, both on LCP, FID, and CLS above fifty five percent. And I think uh, it's a lot of effort that was put in, and I, it's not just uh, I think Duda is doing extremely well, but I'm also looking uh, at stats out there and HTTP archive uh, put, uh, shares the data. So Google is sharing the data publicly of how other CMSs are doing. And I see a, a gradual increase uh, across all CMSs uh, in terms of core web vitals. So Google just released uh, back uh, in, in early September that now on average, they're seeing 32% uh, of sites at, uh, on the web so this is very recent data uh, doing uh, above good uh, on LCP, FID, and CLS. Uh, and I think the most interesting thing is that you know you can see what happens when uh, Google decides that something is a ranking factor. <laughs> they, it causes the entire web, all the CMS platforms out there, to focus their R&D and make sure that they're doing well. And that's the power that Google has. And I think uh, you you see in the stats that you know com that uh, all different platforms definitely do the but I, I see it across uh, across different platforms have improved their core web vital scores by almost a hundred percent in just a year. So I think uh, Paul, you were right to mention that it's it's hard for SMBs to fix core web vitals themselves. It's uh, there's a, there's a lot of intricacies in terms of you know dealing with uh, scripts and CSS and optimizing stuff and I think it's the right thing to rely on your CMS and hopefully you've chosen the right CMS that is optimizing uh, for Core Web Vitals for you. And just, that was my, that was my quick, quick question, yeah. Paul. Um, yeah. So that was my question. It's about the SMBs finding the right CMS and finding somebody who can support them. Uh, is that what you're saying, Itai? Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And Paul, and again, the data the data is out there, and uh, yeah. Google is sharing the what the Chrome UX reports, and uh, you can yeah. find it on the Core Vitals and HTTP Archive, and you can see exactly. Uh, how well your CMS that you're using is performing on this factor. Okay. Paul, comment? There's a couple of things on this. Uh, one is 
there are certain design decisions. I mean, I, I heard from somebody that they used to have a carousel on the website homepage, a big hero image. They switched it out to a single image and suddenly they were passing one of the tests. So um, there's going to be a battle of aesthetics dealing with uh, some SMBs and, and designers to make sure that it's delivering to the customer and also uh, passing core web vitals. And, and we've just launched a tracker that, that takes a look at every, um, every SMB coming across our platform with the help of our customers allowing us to, to do this to present an index. And if you go to insights.com under insights, you'll be able to see 5,000 passed through in October and only 4% passed all three core web vital tests. And we break it down and we're tracking that month to month. Mm-hmm. Good. So uh, that that's interesting, and I think it's important for our listeners to, to know that they should be paying attention to that. Um, I want to come back to one of the big changes we saw in uh, between 20, 20, to, to 2019 and 2020, and that was e-commerce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Paul, maybe you can talk a little bit about the numbers that you was seen on the Cinda study, and then Itai about your own experience as a as a platform provider. Um, what did you see around e-commerce? Because there was no foot traffic. Well, I- exactly, and and you know because we took uh, so many sectors. Not all sectors can use in our, in our study. Not all sectors can use e-commerce per se. Um, so when we showed initially in, in, in 2019, we had about a 6% penetration. Um, you know, when you have professional services, they weren't very big on e-commerce, but that did jump up to 13% in, in 2020, um, and held consistent. Now, if I look at, at retail, um, we're looking at around 26% of our sample was using e-commerce. But if you look at retail, you could also talk about the tourist shop here in Tallinn, Estonia, that sells trinkets to people getting off the boat. They didn't really have a business need to, you know, they were just trying to survive and trying to, not many people are going to search for, you know, souvenir plates from Tallinn um, on the web. So <laughs> it, it, it's a low number in based on the news media, but it's a sort of realistic number. And there's... Um, I, I think it's still got room to grow, obviously. Mm-hmm. And and at Duda, Itai, what did you see? Because I mean, this was this was a big change for a lot of SMBs. You know, if they could sell retail, then they were doing e-commerce, and it's kind of not an easy, not an easy concept to grasp, even for some agencies. So, what were the trends that you saw around this? Yeah, we saw a huge uptick in. Uh, adoption of e-commerce across the board. Um, We saw about a, it was a 265% year-over-year growth in the amount of e-commerce sites being built on the Duda platform. Uh, It it was so substantial that uh, we we kind of looked at it and said, you know, we need to double down in this area um, because this is kind of where the future is growing. Uh, I think, you know, any business that closed during the pandemic, I'm sure as, you know, as these entrepreneurs were thinking about, okay, what is the next thing that they're going to do? They're def- you know, they're probably definitely thinking about, you know, my next business needs to be adapted to this new world and has to be, a, be an e-commerce online type of business, uh, or at least partially. 
so as part of doubling down, we actually made an acquisition in the e-commerce space, a company called Snipcart that we acquired uh, in back in July. Uh, they are an e-commerce uh, platform, and we're now in the process of uh, integrating them and uh, into our platform. So uh, that's that's uh, pretty exciting, and uh, you know we see e-commerce basically here to stay, and we think it's mm-hmm. going to be a very important component of any web presence. Mm-hmm. And I can talk a little bit more about you know I think if if we have time on kind of you know traditional e-commerce and where I think maybe. You know, e-commerce. Like I think there's e-commerce has is manifesting in many ways, which is not just the traditional, you know, retailer store selling a couple of products. Yeah, that that's a good. That's an interesting question because, um, it, you know, when we think about it, you think about the shopping cart, you put it in your checkout retail, okay. But but there are different kinds. Could you talk about that for a minute? The different merging. Yeah, so you know, definitely what what you just mentioned, which is kind of the you know the traditional when we all think about e-commerce, that's what we think. But uh, the e-commerce is evolving to be uh, transactions in many different types and forms. Uh, so, for example, digital content is uh, you know it's not necessarily buying a product and shipping it home. There's digital content that could be you know consumption of a videos consumption of you know content that is behind a paywall. Um, it could be selling of uh, you know products or some of these digital products uh, via subscription. Uh, so not necessarily a one-time buy, but an ongoing subscription to to that type of content. Um, so I think we're you know when we think about e-commerce, we should think about uh, all these different manifestations of transactions that could be happening over the web. Mm-hmm. And content's important, Paul. When I come, and if you're right, you think about that shopping cart where you're putting something in and Amazon drops it off the next day. But, I mean, content and digital content is really important. And, and in the study um, from Cinder Duda and Insights, it it said that most businesses were not updating. They said only 33% of the businesses updated um, their website, but then in the pandemic, it went up to 57, and that's about content. That's updating content. What do you have to say about that? Well, you know, if you build it, they will come, but if you don't leave it alone, then it'll just grow weeds. And, and basically in 19, um, in the 19 study, we were looking at, at you know, over 50% not updating their site. And in 20, suddenly we saw this huge bump where 50%, uh, more than 50% were updating it within the last six months. So you could really see that engagement. Somebody, you know, obviously um, it wouldn't have happened at that rapid space without the pandemic. But what was surprising is the numbers again held consistent in uh, 2021. So the people who weren't updating previously still didn't. And we can only speculate, are they cutting back their hours? Are they found another line of business, another channel to market? We're not really quite sure where they've gone. Um, and that was in our sample. But I think Itai hits on something that's, that's really important. When we talk about e-commerce on restaurants, a lot of them are just plugging into delivery companies. Um, so their website's, in a way, not getting touched they're updating it on the app and it's going on in that in that direction with uh, Uber Eats or whoever for some of these people to, to order and they've got a process for taking the order and then delivering it. 
Um, when you talk about yoga studios, you can't come in. Now you're going to sell a Zoom class. Um, that, that would have a shopping cart element on the website. But a lot of yoga studios are working on Facebook. So where is the transaction going to ultimately happen? Are they going to promote themselves on Facebook and have a transaction on their website? Or is there going to be another sort of marketplace where they're going to be able to transact that? And these are some of the questions that, that are going to evolve and develop over the next uh, year or two, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Itai, comment on that? Yeah, no, I, I was looking actually just before this uh, call at, at our own data. And um, obviously, when I look at agencies, there's a much higher um, kind of publish rate of going into websites and making updates. I was looking at a sub-segment of our, of our customer base, uh, which was more SMB-oriented, and what I saw were numbers very similar to what Paul mentioned of uh, small businesses updating their website, 40% updating their website in the last three months, 50% updating their website in the last six months, and if you look at the last year, 70% updating their mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of forced into that, I think, also <laughs> of the last year. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take another break. When we come back, um, I wanna I wanna ask you about accessibility. Okay, and I think um, that's something that that I don't think a lot of people think about. And all of a sudden, when everybody was at home, you know, how are SMBs or our platforms helping? SMBs be more accessible, and also about customer engagement. So for our listeners, we are talking to Itai Sadan, and he is a co-founder and CEO of Duda. And Duda is a professional website builder for digital agencies and SaaS companies. And he has expertise in online presence, web design, and he's been cited by USA Today, Forbes, Huffington Post, Search Engine Land, and many others. To reach to Itai, you can go to the Duda website, which is www.duda.co, and on LinkedIn, and on Twitter and Facebook under Duda, and Itai himself is also on LinkedIn. And our other guest is Paul Wood, and Paul is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Insights, and in his current role, he helps agencies identify opportunities to improve their segmentation, go-to-market, and sales strategies by using Insights platform. And this show is brought to you by Cinda and the Cinda Institute. The Cinda Institute provides you with e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Capital Partners. This platform helps SMBs, startups, lifestyle companies, and product managers wanting to have success in any of their product launches. The platform allows you to work out and test your ideas to make sure they'll be successful. To learn more about Cinda's e-commerce, um, its e-learning platform, go to www www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're talking about the web presence of SMBs across the U.S., across Europe, and how that's changed over the last two years, especially since the pandemic. And we're talking with Paul Wood, and he is the Vice President of Sales of Insights, and Itai Sedan, who is the co-founder and CEO of Duda. And so before, we were talking about website updates before the break, and um Ita, I want to come to you with a subject that kind of lies on my heart, and that's website accessibility, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, That probably, and when I say accessibility, I'm talking about for handicapped people. When we we go into a a mall, we'll see the the handicapped, you know, parking place, and we'll think, okay, is there a wheelchair ramp? Is there not? But when we go into a website, we don't always think about it, and this is really – kind of a, a learn you know it's a teaching process for SMBs but it's a responsibility of the platforms also so could you tell me what Duda is doing around this absolutely and and I think uh, when talking about um, accessibility and uh, we, we need to know that it's it's a very uh, broad uh, topic and p- potentially affecting uh, about you know one billion people so it's not mm-hmm. just, uh, people, um, you know, as we think about u- like um, the usual disabilities, you know, it could also be colorblind, or mm-hmm. you know, so that's why it it really uh, a lot of people fall into into this um, bucket and are affected by it. And as such, it's uh, it's very important uh, when we get into web design because choices of colors and fonts. And flashy graphics, graphics, or just missing, um, you know, some alternate text. These things uh, impact uh, a very large amount of, of people uh, on on Earth. Um, so, what Duda has done in this regard, uh, we, you know, we felt that 
uh, in this topic, uh, we need real expertise. And, uh, and we've partnered with two companies, uh, AudioEye and UserWay, uh, that, have, that are experts in this area and have developed solutions in this area. So you can, uh, when you're building sites on Duda, you can add these apps uh, to, to your website. And what these apps will do are, will exactly scan for you know, thousands of things that are very hard for SMBs building sites to know themselves. And even for, for professional agencies or web designers uh, you know, who are not experts in accessibility, it's very hard to do, it, uh, to do it yourself. But with the help of these apps, they can point you and can kind of highlight uh, where you know, bad choices were made in terms of colors or fonts or other things and uh, help making sure that the site that you're building on Duda is uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. And, and that also has to do with, and I just learned this the other day on like tags and things like that. I mean, when you're kind of running your own website to make sure that they're accessible. And um, do you think this is also among the agencies you're working with? Um, this is kind of new to them and, and, you know, they need people like your companies to guide them through this. I think it's uh, I think I think it's great that um, company you know companies are doing things to make it uh, to to make uh, ex, you know to provide solutions for accessibility that would put it in the fingertips of SMBs and and agencies to very quickly adapt and uh, ensure that their uh, that that their sites are compliant. You know, I think also regulation in different countries is, is also always helpful to ensure that, uh, you know, people are doing the right things. So yeah. a combination of, uh, you know, both easy and great solutions in the space plus some regulation, I think, can really uh, go a long way. Yeah. And, and Paul, coming back to you on this, this is about engagement, isn't it? I mean, this is getting, you know, making sure you you reach your customers no matter who they are. And that's one of the new areas that you measured in the recent study this year. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And I just echo what I was saying about accessibility. You know, we're, we're scanning we're scanning for accessibility against WCAG standards for those who want to know A2A. So, so the designers can find where those errors are and fix them while they're building it. Um, but you're right; it's about it's about making the engagement opportunities higher. And so, one of the a couple of things we looked at is we wanted to see if SMBs were using booking widgets and were using live chat, and also had a blog, which were three new areas that we looked at. And I guess the good news is that 12% of them were using a blog. We know it has SEO opportunities, but it also has engagement opportunities. Um, only 2% had live chat. Not really a surprise given they're an SMB and with live chat, you really need to be monitoring it quite, quite real time. But the other was sort of booking widgets, giving people out of hour opportunities to contact you. Um, giving them a chance to set up without the interference. Personally, I don't really like to call businesses if I don't have to. I'd rather see if they're available, and I'd rather just drop them, drop them a you know, make a booking appointment, or get on live chat. That, that's just me. Um, I'm old, but I, I guess I act like a twelve-year-old <laughs> sometimes, or don't want to get on the phone. Um, but no, I mean these sort of factors are, you know, Facebook is still high. 
not as high as you'd imagine. I think it's around 56% of the businesses were were um, linking to their Facebook page from their website and are actively doing that. You know, fitness and beauty salons were at 64% on that. So when you look at some of those, Facebook and using Messenger and those type of activities, they need to transfer those those over to the website as well to make sure they're maximizing their opportunities to, to capture and convert at the mm-hmm. different times. Mm-hmm. So mo- moving forward, I mean, this is a lot of information, and um, I'd like to I'd like to kind of move into the space uh, with Itai on what you know we've moved. We had that big spring. SMBs have had their big spring. They're focusing on their businesses now again because we do have some foot traffic, but they've opened new channels. Um, where you work with a lot of agencies. Uh, what do you see has to be done yet? Where do, where can we help SMBs even more going forward? Yeah, yeah. I think um, the you know first, it's, it's there's a lot of tools out there, uh, and I think the tools are becoming easier to use, and that's that's great news for SMBs, and it's great news for agencies. Because as agencies, we uh, can provide services uh, more uh, at, a, um, at a more feasible economical um, uh, fees. And, you know, we can deliver faster and service more people. So I think at the end, it uh, translates uh, back to SMBs and, and is more helpful to them. Uh, I think, you know, SMBs need to think about... Uh, doing it themselves versus hiring an expert to do it uh, on their behalf, and it's not there's, it's and it's not just about the tools. And yes, the, as I mentioned, the tools are becoming easier, and maybe you can put some kind of web presence out there faster than ever before, and without requiring any uh, development skills. But in order to succeed and compete on the web today, you need to run. A much better business and you need to have a digital strategy and a digital strategy is way more than one or two tools it's really someone who's wearing a marketing hat that can help you and can understand the goals of your business and your objectives and put a strategy that is combined with acquisition of customers with conversion of customers with nurturing customers and, and I think that's really hard for many SMBs to do because they don't have that skill set. But that's what you need in order to succeed today. That's what the big, the big guys are doing. They have teams doing that. Mm. So I think that if, as an SMB, you can afford to, to hire an agency uh, to help you figure out that digital strategy, that could, that could go a long way. Mm-hmm. And Paul, what what do you think going forward? I mean, based on the that that was very good, Itai. Thank you. I I completely understand and agree with you on the digital strategy. And it is hard. Um, just to comment, it is hard for the baker to you know here in Dusseldorf to say what's my di- digital strategy to get get more customers in this area and be present on the web. And as you said, Paul, you like to look at things on the web and you like to send them emails. So what, you know, based on the statistics that you've seen with our study, what what do you think we have to do better? I, I, I just want to go back to what Itai said, is that we've got to stop selling a tool. Mm-hmm. We've got to sell absolutely a solution in, in this business. And that solution, the reason why e-commerce businesses or 
Anybody can put in a, a shopping cart on their website, but trying to ship it out, trying to manage returns, trying to manage your inventory on there, all the processes that run behind it are, are what I think scare SMBs. So along, uh, from, from our perspective, there's some fundamentals that need to be taken. Get your analytics on the site, know who's coming, you know, have your SSL on there so they feel secure. All of those sort of things need to be hygiene factors, if you will. But the sort of last, the last mile, as they say in the telco world, was, um, is getting them to understand how they need to alter their business to deliver that strategy. You know, somebody once told me the worst thing um, PowerPoint ever did was give people multiple fonts and multiple colors and shapes <laughs> because they're not designers. And the points that used to come out were, were god-awful and, and the message was lost. And I think that that, that rather awkward analogy can be, can be transferred over to digitizing some of these SMPs. You can give them all the tools, but it can become an absolute mess for them and then they turn off. I mean, I think we all know a lot of people who bought or tried Google AdWords and the only answer is I tried it before, it didn't work. And they're not gonna go again without a real hard sell. So I think it's really important that while explaining the benefits, you need to also explain the challenges of becoming an online business or a hybrid business, I guess we should say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, we're almost, thank you both for those last common comments. One last comment. If you have, we got a lot of agencies listening to us out there. Um, uh, um, we're on the Forbes network of agencies. If you have one message to the agencies serving the SMBs, Itai, what would that one message be? I think the, the message would be, um, Spend, spend time understanding uh, your customer's business, solve a real business problem for them. Uh, I love agencies that are vertical focused because I think they get it. I think they, you know, they dive into an industry and, and they're, they know the nomenclature. They know how to help these businesses uh, succeed in that vertical. They're absolute experts. Uh, and that's what you need to be today. To, to really show value and retain your SMB clients. Paul, your one tip? Yeah, I even had time to think about it. It's a difficult one because there's so many things, <laughs> but, it's, but it's be able to give them a, a, a process solution in a box, if that makes sense. While you're sending the product, you've also got to be able to share with them what they should do to be able to effectively utilize it. Um, I'm not sure how to do it, um, and like I said, I've been in this business 30 years, but I still haven't figured it all out. But there's, there's a way, there's, a, there's, there's got to be that extra step now from agencies that say, this is how you become successful, not via the tool, but via the whole, the holistic approach to transforming your business. Great. Super great tips. And for our listeners, we have been 
talking to Itai Sedan, and he is a co-founder and CEO of Duda. And Duda is a professional website builder for digital agencies and SaaS companies. Um, Itai's expertise is an online present web design space. He's been cited by USA Today, Forbes, Huffington Post, Search Engine Land, and many more. He's also a regular speaker at many industry events. And to reach out to Itai, you can go to the website of www.duda.co. And Duda is also on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And Itai is also on LinkedIn, and that's Itai, I-T-A-I, Sadan, S-A-D-A-N. So please reach out to Duda and Itai, okay? And Paul, we've been talking to Paul Wood, and Paul Wood is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Insights, and he has 30 years' experience in strategic planning, product development, go-to-market strategies, and his expertise covers multiple executive roles across Europe and North America in sales marketing for large and small digital agencies. So if you'd like to reach out to Paul, you can go to the Insights website at www.insights.com, and on LinkedIn, it's under Get Insights, and Paul is under Paul N. Wood on LinkedIn. So thank you, gentlemen, and... Um, Thank you so much for being us today. Great insights. Haha, <laughs> joke. That was a joke, Paul. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the plug, Kimberly. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just as in closing, this broadcast has been brought to you by Cinda and the Cinda Institute. The Cinda Institute provides e-learning platforms in cooperation with Boss Capital. And these platforms help SMBs, startups, lifestyle companies, and companies wanting to do new product launches. The platform allows you to work out and test your ideas to make sure that your products will be successful. If you'd like to learn more, more about the e-learning solution at Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org or under the Cinda Institute for more information. And with that, don't forget to tune in to us each week. We're at 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us, don't worry because we are on every major podcast platform. And with that, thank you and tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.